Hello and welcome to the Cat Mass Day Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast. We are on episode 19 and this week we are joined by the wonderful Sarah Bishop, founder of Jumbo Cards and online resource platform businessofcolour.com. Jumbo Cards is a diverse greetings card retailer who represent ethnically diverse consumers in a heterogeneous industry where diversity is still unfortunately quite rare. Jumbo Cards stock a range of products including greeting cards for almost all occasions and even chocolate from places such as the Dominican Republic, Belize and Haiti. I for one am a huge fan of this business and I'll be definitely purchasing my greeting cards from here in the future. Sarah is also an accountant by trade and writes for her platform businessofcolour.com, a resource set up to support founders of black-owned businesses. She has also shared a home with cats for most of her life. I've actually been fortunate enough to meet a few of them in person and they are absolutely adorable. I'm sure Sarah will tell us all about them in our chat now. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Please, could you give us an introduction about yourself? Uh, Amazing. Thank you for that introduction. Really like that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, of course, I'd love to tell them more. Uh, Quite right. I am a cat owner, or should I say was a cat owner, over several several different cats over the years. Um, Right now, I am an accountant in film and TV industry. Previously, I was an accountant in charity. I also have a blog called Business of Colour, the one that you mentioned. Yes, so Business of Colour, it focuses on diverse founders, mainly females, in trying to give them tools to help them with their business. A lot of the tools are accounting related, as that's my background and area of expertise. But in doing so, I realised that funding was a big issue when it came to businesses. So we also um, focus on where they can find grants or loans. In addition to that, I then started Jambo Cards, which is a diverse greeting card business. Um, that came about just because I saw a slight gap in the market. But it's very new. Both started this year during um, the lockdown. Congratulations, Sarah. Um, and definitely both parts of your kind of ventures are definitely needed. Um, with the the um, business of colour.com, I think, you know, that that financial background, that um, accounting background that you have is just so valuable for so many people because as a small business owner myself, um, I talk to a lot of other small business owners and that seems to be a common struggle amongst a lot of us, um, you know, with creative industries and creative arts, a lot of people, you know, who are creative, unfortunately, 
I've heard, you know, and for myself, struggle within that area. So the creativity is there, the the entrepreneurial mind is there, the business is there, the concept is there. But then when it comes to the accounting part, it's just really quite daunting, I think, for so many people. So I I know, it, and it really doesn't have to be. It's not it's not as bad as it seems. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Now there's a lot of different um, tools to help like QuickBooks and different things where you makes it a bit more easier for you. And especially because you don't want to have to pay large accounting fees, especially at the beginning. So if you can know a bit yourself, it just saves a lot of money. Also, HMRC are very helpful. So you can call them up a lot to find things out. I definitely take advantage of that as well. I call <laughs> HMRC so many times. And yeah, you're right. They're, they're really, really helpful. And like you're nervous at first because you think, oh, you know, am I asking a question that might be obvious? I feel a bit stupid, but literally they're so kind and no question is obvious for them. Like they just really talk you through everything. And there's so many resources as well on their website. So um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's kick off things by talking about jumbo cards so you um just mentioned that you started this during lockdown and i agree there is such a huge gap in the market when it comes to diversity so can you tell us a bit more about this business and why you decided to start it um yeah so it came when i was doing business of color so i also try to write about what's going on in the market and what's out there for people to purchase and i started writing an article on diverse greeting cards and I found loads of them, but it took research. So I found loads of different artists, but they were all kind of spread out. And I was like, hang on, people want the experience when they go into a card shop and they can see a variety of styles. You don't want to have to visit several different websites, but they were all beautiful. The cards are great, but it'd be nice to be in one place. And that's when I thought there's a gap here. So maybe if I created something where I could promote several different artists card cards it was all also strengthen um the group if they all came together and were on one platform rather than being kind of separate and then it's just harder when you're not united to um to keep going so that yeah that's where it came from really because plus plus i'm a big lover of cards it's like one of the <laughs> yeah one of the last bastions of physicality you, mm. you know card giving is a you know it's a nice thing to do still Oh, definitely. I think sometimes we can get lost in this digital age where people just write happy birthday on Facebook and that's kind of it. But like, I'm a big lover of cards as well. I actually have a collection of cards that I've had since I was like a child or even a teenager. I have boxes. My family called me a hoarder because I love cards. I literally love cards. Oh my gosh, I'm the same. I have a box really? of cards. It's so <laughs> meaningful. Yeah. I even have cards that my first boyfriend gave to me. I better not tell my partner. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just keep them in a box. Yeah, definitely. I love looking back on them as well. And it's just like the funny things people say. I love, I'm like an essay writer. So when it comes to oh, cards, yeah. I like to be really detailed and like talk about the year or memories that we've had together. Like I'm quite sentimental like that. So uh. oh, that, that'd be great card <laughs> to look back on. I'd love to see, yeah, just... Yeah, 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 the more yeah. information the better, because then it kind of brings up all your memories. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. 
exactly <laughs> exactly I think now is the time to start something like jumbo cars because now more than ever since the lockdown people are really turning to small businesses independent businesses creatives to kind of get all of their greeting cards gifts anything really so I think now is definitely the right time to, to kind of kick things off and as for diversity I mean it's it's a long time coming really um it definitely needed to happen definitely in 2020 I think was was the time <laughs> I, I agree completely <laughs> Um, so can you tell us a bit more about what you stock on the Jumbo Cards website? What kind of cards you have? Yeah, so I probably work with about 10 artists at the moment. Um, they all have quite different styles. So FIFA's designs, her cards are more for children. They're all like these cute pictures of, of, of boys and girls, mixed heritage, um, some darker skin, some lighter. It's all just a variety of, of people. Then there's Leanne Creative Cards and she, um, her cards are very bright um, and colourful as well, actually. And she puts little Darmontes on the card just to give it that extra handmade sparkle. Um, her cards also have, there's Indian and Asian variety as well in her pack. Ah, okay. Yeah, just to, to keep it as mixed as possible. And yeah. she also has christmas cards that have like choirs of all ranges from society so mm. that's another nice touch she does um and there's wild cinnamon her cards are very humorous um mm. and i find with her cards that a lot of white people tend to buy her cards so it's not because i guess humor is universal mm-hmm. you haven't got a certain skin tone to find certain things funny yeah so i like that her cards kind of bring people together um who else do I have there's so it's quite a few I also have a, um, a lady she's only early 20s and she makes these um checklists they're great little notepads and what I like about her pads are in the corner they have like um different women from different islands so it's like a West Indies type themed checklist mm. and they're actually really helpful because there's no cover on the front you just have your writing and what you need to get done for the day and then once you've ticked one off you rip off and then the next so it's it's quite a helpful tool actually that one I use mm. myself um so yeah and that's yeah so there's a few more but they're, they're um all based in the UK so all the cards are made in the UK oh there's also our version cards her cards are the most eco-friendly ones that I stock at the moment because um everything on the card can be recycled and they're made from recycled material so we're all trying to make our cards more eco-friendly and I think a lot of people are definitely looking for that kind of eco kind of approach right now as well. People are taking that kind of route when they come when it comes to to buying things um, and taking care of the planet. Um, and the checklist sounds amazing, by the way. Um, and it sounds like a nice gift as well to to kind of give to people, like a stocking filler, something that people can use. Because I think those are kind of the best gifts if you think about it you know some gifts like perfume it's nice you can use it but something like a tool that can actually help you with the day-to-day I think those are the best kind of gifts to be honest yeah. so especially for me personally because I'm quite a productive sort of person so it's like can I use this tomorrow and then it's great I'll take it <laughs> sort of thing why do you think the greeting cards industry is so heterogeneous in 2020? Uh, why are black and other ethnic backgrounds not represented in cards that we see in shops such as Clinton's? 
Well, recently, just this year, WH Smiths has made an effort to stock um, more diverse cards, as has Moonpig. But you're right, why did it take until 2020? Um, I think the, unfortunately, it's all probably stemmed from um, what happened, the, de- the murders in America. Black Lives Matter movement was so huge that it could no longer be ignored. And so people became quite reflective and they were like, what am I doing to help the cause? What am I doing to support um, black people in society? And I think that they had to take a look at themselves and realize, okay, we need to do more. So um, I am glad that now bigger companies are reflecting and trying to do more. But at the same, um, at the same time, I hope it's not just a, a ploy to profit of another market or just mm. to be seen as that like, they're doing good too and to keep their market share. Yeah. It's a hard one, isn't it? It's, it's, I guess it's about being genuine. And I think you can really tell if a company is, is making an effort for a genuine reason um, sometimes. Well, hopefully, I hope that we can tell. Um, but they make conscious decisions and, and they make sure that they assess, you know, what kind of, uh, how many people they're employing and, and how many people are from, you know, different ethnic backgrounds and, and what, what is represented in their shops and their stores. And this is so important. And I think you're, you're right about about it kind of coming off the back of the the whole BLM movement but if the movement you know pushed companies and pushed people to to reflect I think that it's such an amazing thing and I think you know this year has been awful for for so many reasons but sometimes with with these tragedies and and horrible things that are happening on the flip side there are some good things and some progression you know progressive um a progressive society really um that we're kind of living in now so I'm happy to be alive <laughs> you know and yeah, yeah I totally agree it's like you said the progressive thing is like um it's only when or it's often when things go get really bad do people then want to make a change mm. if it just stays in the okay level people don't notice the bad things that are going on but when things just go really bad then it's like okay let's think about how we can change this yeah definitely it's it's awful that it it does take that but uh, yeah, at the same time yeah. i'm glad that something is happening now because mm-hmm. it's like i said it's been a long time coming mm-hmm. um so if there are any artists listening right now um can they get involved in designing some greeting cards for you um yes actually and happy you mentioned i'm going to be having a running a competition in the new year where I'm looking for artists to kind of design cards that represent our um, our, our current generation. Mm. So things, yeah, things that just resonate with with people now. So that will probably start maybe March 2021. So if they, if people are listening who are artists, if they can follow me on Instagram at jambo underscore cards, and then you'll be notified when the competition starts. Okay, brilliant. So are you looking for a kind of like millennial approach to the designs? Is that the kind of audience that you'd like to to target? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone a bit older to, uh, to, to try it. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, the styles could resonate with people. Still res- yeah, still resonate. So I could just go for it. And then, of course, with the competition, with the winner, they, do, they will get financial um, reward as well. You have to be, I'd have to pay royalties and all that. So, 
Oh, that's fantastic. That's such a good opportunity as well. And I think now more than ever, people are, are kind of tuning into their creativity. If they're spending more time at home or working from home, I've I've listened to a lot of pe- podcasts and people talking and they've spoken about, you know, finding their little creative mojo again back home. So I think, yeah, it's, it's a good yeah. time. So you're also an accountant and founder um, and writer at thebusinessofcolour.com. Can you tell us a bit more about that and what you do? Uh, yeah, so Business of, Business of Colour was probably founded late last year. But however, because I got another accounting contract, I didn't really get to get it going. So when the lockdown happened, is when I really started to put my articles together and start posting them and getting them out there. So Business of Colour came about because um, I wanted to have um, a voice online talking about where you can buy um, amazing products made from black um, entrepreneurs or black artists and creatives because there's so much out there and I I like researching and finding quirky different goods and people always ask me well where'd you get this where'd you find that so I I started to realize it's not common knowledge Um, so I also thought it had a duty to promote these people's things because um, it's hard being an independent business. Uh, you you, ju- you don't have that. You don't have things like economies of scale or a network. So you kind of got to build it um, from, the, from the ground up. And so I thought anything I can do to help um, the industry. And in June, I don't know, the, um, the climate felt different. People were quite galvanized and it was the right time um, people to write the articles because they seem to be well received and in terms of my accountancy so as I mentioned I worked in film and tv and charities so I at first I didn't actually want to bring any of my accountancy skills to business of color I wanted it to be slightly more creative where I could just talk about things I enjoyed but what happened was accountancy creeped in and I felt the need to help people because they'd have a lot of questions on accounts and to me they think they seemed quite basic but of course, if you've never studied it or worked in it, it's not basic at all. So then I felt a bit of a duty to talk more about accounts and help where I could in that respect. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, honestly, I'm like in awe. You, you say it so casually, but what you've done is so big. Like you've created this platform for people of colour. First of all, it's difficult anyway to get that support, to get that recognition as a person of colour in business. It's it's not, it's it's difficult, very difficult. Um, and lots of people don't find that representation. They find it harder to get the support or even platforms to kind of put, put sell their wares or, or put their kind of business ideas or business is out there so the fact that you've even created this platform is just amazing to me and it's definitely needed um and to, to add your accountancy skills and like you mentioned you know you wanted this to be creative but combining the two you can still be creative with accounting and I think I always kind of dreaded anything to do with numbers and maths I always kind of shied away from it but it can actually be quite creative um and it's something that you can enjoy doing and the fact that you can help people with this as well it's just wow like you need you need more recognition for what you're doing because honestly honestly is so Um, when you mentioned networks just then it reminded me of this program I was watching on Harrow Boys School so it's a public school in Harrow that I think most of the prime ministers have gone to Churchill and um, Boris definitely went there and uh, one of the boys was saying 
you know, now that I've been here, I, I'm a, I've, I have access to different networks. I'm part of like a club. Mm. And I was just thinking that's a club none of us are a part of. It means they'll have be able to get opportunities that we won't, mm-hmm. whether it be not always in business, but jobs that we will never see advertised that will go to someone in those circles, contracts um, for when they do have businesses or all sorts of things. So that's why I really felt like it's important that we have our own network as well. Oh, 100%. And it's accessible. It's accessible for all. You don't have to go to a certain school or know certain people in certain circles. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, amazing. And I bet there's so much talent as well um, within the website and the people that you've spoken to. So I can only imagine. Um, As a second generation Jamaican whose mother is an amazing woman, by the way, which she is, (laughs) why do you think it's important more than ever that black owned businesses are given this platform and seat at the table? I know we've just discussed it briefly, but why now? Yeah, you're right. I should have kept that bit for this question. But um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, businesses will um, often give back to the community in certain ways. And it's not, it's people have like an unconscious bias. Mm. You're likely to give back where you see people like you. So um, Mm -hmm. for instance, I can't remember the tennis player's name, Djokovic. Mm -hmm. He's given money starting a charity for a school in Serbia because he's Serbian. So it makes sense that he would give to his community. If there are no black businesses making money, um, who will be giving back to the black communities? Mm -hmm. It's like... um, there'll just be a gap and we need our communities to grow and the money to go around. That's one reason why I think um, black businesses need a platform and a seat at a table because they need to be able to um, just uh, be able to have the opportunity to, to grow um, and employ other black people as well. Because again, the bias does happen in employment where you're more likely to employ someone you see yourself in. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so the black businesses do need to grow so they can help the community and um, employ other black people. 100%. But not just black people. Yeah, they can employ yeah. wealth people. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> diverse team, really. Diverse. Yeah, exactly, diverse mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs to be normalised that black people do own businesses and can be successful. You know, there was this uproar recently. I'm not sure if you've seen, you know, the new Sainsbury's advert, that people were writing in and complaining to, to you know, Ofcom on TV that they didn't find, they didn't um, connect or, re- or find their self-represented within the family so the advertisement is for Sainsbury's is basically uh, a black family who are having Christmas dinner at a table um, and people are complaining saying that you know they don't feel represented I mean really no ridiculous <laughs> yes yes so there needs to be more normality I think within you know black businesses and, and who we see and who is mm-hmm. on TV and who is in our publications so um, yeah now more than ever definitely black people and people of different other ethnic minorities deserve a seat at the table and I think you definitely (laughs) agree with that yeah quite right I think there's assumption there's this assumption that black owned businesses are for people of color and like we just discussed you know they're they're not they need to be diverse but most of the time lots of businesses stock products for all people of all backgrounds 
Do you have any examples of any black owned businesses that you can recommend to our listeners now? Maybe someone or a business from, you know, uh, business of color.com. Yes. There's a company called buff. Um, it stands for buy us for everyone. Actually, I think it's plants booth. Yeah. Buy us for everyone. And um, that there's a, a wealth of products made by black and diverse people that can be for anybody it's things like um natural hair hair creams body creams body butters um they sell all sorts of things earrings clothing and they they also have services so like handy handyman cleaners window cleaners all on one platform Mm. that's one i'd recommend for sure Oh, brilliant. Yeah, that definitely sounds handy, especially now when people are kind of, like I mentioned earlier, looking for small businesses. They're shopping small this year. So something like that would be brilliant. Jumbo cards and Boof, is it? Yes, that's it, Boof. Perfect. So you heard it here, listeners. You know where to go this Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boof. Sorry, boof.co.uk. Okay, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, And I love what you've written on your website um, to quote, by providing an accessible space for all these products and services, it is hope your lives will be enriched. This is an inclusive environment for all to come and appreciate. And I just think that sums up everything, really, because that just it, it shows that it's written here that, you know, you're for everyone and it's an inclusive environment. So I think there's this kind of, well, misconception that, you know, black owned businesses, like you said, are just for people of colour or black people. But no, they're for everyone. So um I just want to make sure that I get the message out there, that you're getting the message out there, that that Black-owned businesses need to be supported by people of all races. So, yeah. Yes, totally. Because we've supported all businesses too. We've gone to the the corner shops. We go to the Tesco's. We give back all all the time. So it's like, just let it go around, I think, would be nice. (laughs) 100%, definitely. Um. What sort of businesses do you think need to be more diverse or and represented for people of colour? Which businesses? So probably the, the, the tech industry. Mm. Um, I, there are lots of people in colour in tech, but they find it a lot harder to get funded. If you're a, a white male, it's much easier. You barely have to open your mouth and they just throw the money at you. Mm. I hear so many different stories about yeah people getting funding but I mean to be fair it's not going to be easy for every white male to get funding but it's easier um there was a there's a company called Calendarly it's a black man from Atlanta and he um found it extremely difficult to get funding what he had to do in the end was remortgage his house to pay for the company um he was like, it wasn't, it's bad enough not getting the, the funds, but it was the way he was treated. Um, so venture capitalists maybe not even turning up to meetings um, and just cancelling on him last minute. No, there wasn't even a level of respect or a level of, okay, we're not going to give you the money, but here are the pointers of how you can improve. It was, it, yeah, it's quite embarrassing to read. Wow. 
I haven't read that. Um, and I use Calendly actually myself. So really? okay. yeah, 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 it's a great tool. Um, my partner uses it as well because he's self-employed and we just find it really, really helpful. I had no idea about the backstory. Um, so that's really interesting and also heartbreaking that, that he faced such discrimination. Yeah, he risked it all, but it was worth it. He believed in what he was doing. Yeah. He was just as skilled as the next person in tech. So. 100% and look at him now I mean Calendly I, I know a lot of people are using this so uh, good for him <laughs> definitely is there any financial support out there for new business owners or startups that you know of um yes actually on the government website there's they have access to different loans and there's a company called Lendo they specialize in diverse founders because um, often it's that much harder to get a loan um, when you're from particular backgrounds. As for grants, end of last month, a lot of them finished, but I'll be updating Business of Colour fairly soon. So you can always check that for any for grants. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, if anyone is having that feeling of, you know, being an imposter, which I hear quite commonly, or feeling like they haven't seen any representation in a particular industry, what advice would you give them? Um, this is it's their world too. They have every right to do um, what they want to do. Uh, yeah, take take ownership of your future because you sh- you share this world. So it's only right you do what you really want and you have a passion for. Um, yeah, you don't need to wait around for anyone to tell you it's okay. Go out and do it. You're just as good as the other person. And in areas where we're not represented, it's even more important because you're making it easier for the next person to come through that door. You just got to hold it open for them. Yeah, that's a good piece of advice. Um, and especially the tech industry, as you've mentioned, but it'll be even, you know, greater if there's more, you know, black females who are interested um, in kind of making a stance or, or making some noise within that industry as well and getting their voices yeah. heard. Um, so, yeah, I a big supporter of that I think I've heard of one uh, particular tech uh, company who um, support black female entrepreneurs Um, I'm not sure of the name of it I will mention it as well in our posts uh, when I post it on social media but um, that's that's a great company um, and what they're doing is is providing so many opportunities for so many people who may not be able to get their foot in the door so easily. So, um, yeah, they're doing great things. Um, now moving on to my favourite part of the show, being cats. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about your life and journey with cats so far? Yeah, sure. Um, so I... I think I was 11 when I had my first cat, the, yeah, the family cat. It was actually by accident that we had got a pet. My sister's friend was going on holiday and they asked us to cat sit. So they dropped the, well, a cat is a kitten. They dropped the kitten over to us and they never collected her. So oh. that, <laughs> yeah. that's how we got our first cat. And she would sleep in my brother's trainers. Um, his Nike trainers. So we just called her Nike. <laughs> she was adorable. I know. I remember uh, her. Feisty, very feisty. But um, yeah, that was my first cat. Yeah, she's she's such a cutie. And that's actually how I got my first cat too, because my uncle was going on holiday to Jamaica. Um, so we looked after 
my cat, which was my grandma's cat. We inher- well, he inherited it, uh, the cat from my grandma. And then he was going on holiday. We looked after my cat and he never came back. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how it happened. Um, but I feel like those those moments, I feel like it's meant to be, you know? Exactly, feel- right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never look back Exactly. Nike was supposed to be Nike. Um, and she was supposed to be your cat in your home. So definitely. Do you have any fond memories or particular funny moments with any of your cats? Um, yes, I, I do. Like cats are so, they're such interesting creatures. I just, you can't really understand these fluffy felines until you own one to mm-hmm. fully understand these cats. And so Nike, yeah, because they're all different. They're all so different, little personalities. Um, so our first cat, Nike, she was a bit of a stone cold killer. She would be, <laughs> she'd be bringing us presents all the time in the form of rodents lying on the doorstep. Oh, no. I know. So one Christmas, she was especially thoughtful and she brought in a bird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Christmas Day, there was a bird and it was still alive. And oh. we, happened, we happened to have a tree that was um a living tree this that year so the birds went to seek refuge in the tree and so it was like some comedy caper of us trying to get the bird out of the tree out of the house and save it from the cat yeah yeah, that's that's one memory of um Nike and I bet she was just thinking oh I want to bring my family this lovely (laughs) gift yeah but we it's were like, no. ungrateful. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what do you mean? I bought this gift for you and it's alive. How dare you? <laughs> How did you know it was Christmas? Honestly, yeah. I Smart cat. <laughs> Later when I'd moved out, um, I had another cat and we lived in a flat then. So he used to often go out of our window rather than the front door. The flat, because the, the window went onto the roof. It's like a maisonette, the flat roof of the house below us yeah and he had really springy legs I don't understand how his cat could jump so high so he'd often just jump out of the kitchen window but on one occasion the window was closed and he went to jump out of it it was glass he didn't realize <laughs> and he fell into the kitchen sink so that- oh. <laughs> luckily he was okay, but yeah poor thing I bet he got shot. Um, do you think cats have helped you and contributed to your well-being and happiness? Um, most definitely. Cause cats are like, they become the most superior member of the household. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if they feel like it, they'll let you stroke them. And it's just, um, they're just soft and relaxing. I think they call it therapeutic, stroking a cat. I totally agree with that. I'm, and I'm quite a quiet individual. So for me, Sitting and just stroking a cat is fine. I don't have I don't always have the need to have constant conversations and noise and doing things. So I quite like relaxing with cats. Oh, I'm nodding my head because I feel exactly the same as you. Um even though I work with cats and I'm usually around so many cats, I even go to cat cafes literally just <laughs> to one. Have you? Yeah. They're the best. There's one in East London, Old Street. I've been uh, to that. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just relaxing just to stroke a cat and just not speak and just and they purr and it just makes me feel relaxed as well. So yeah, yeah we're helping each other. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I always remember cats being in your family home. And I think there's often this misconception that black people do not have pets, which is strange. So why do you think people have this idea? Um, I guess there is probably a little bit of truth in it, Michelle, just because. (laughs) (laughs) The, like the first generation Jamaicans were here to make uh, a better future, a better life for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the Windrush generation. So they were here to build up Britain too. And so their focus is on jobs, food, shelter. And a cat is a luxury. It's not like a necessity, something they need. So um, like me and you being the same, we've got cats by accident. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's only when you realise how fun pets are and how they actually enrich your life. It's not just about having to feed them that you then realise, oh, actually... A pet is a great addition to a household. So, yeah, I guess I think that's where I think it comes from. Just the fact that it's it's not seen as essential. So yeah. in your first generation, you're like, your mind is just set on making an income. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think things have changed now. But uh, Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I know I know what you're saying and I know where you're coming from. They are a luxury because <laughs> they are expensive. You know, they're not cheap to maintain cats. So, uh, yeah, I get that. I get that. (laughs) Um, I know your mum has a particular attachment to cats and they love her so much. I remember following, I remember them following her around the house and rubbing against her legs. You know, do you think they provide that emotional support for her or any other family members during difficult times? Um, Yes. I don't know. My mum's like the cat whisperer. She is. Even when she'd walk down to Burnt Oak, they'd walk with her. They'd they'd stop just at the high street and then like, okay, they'd go back or just wait at the nearest house or just do whatever they wanted to do. But um, yeah, they very, my first cat especially was very attached to my mum. We actually got it in, I think it was 95. And that was the same year my my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess we're all younger doing our own thing, 11 playing. And so no one's always there with my mum. And we got to school. So no one's there with mm. my mum. And the cat would be there and keep her company. And it got to a point where my mum, I think she preferred the cats to us. And <laughs> <laughs> she never wanted cats. So it was like, it was quite a turning point. But yeah, they had babies. And so they were the first lot of cats we had, Nike and um, Sparkle. But then there was another, later on, sadly, when, those, when they'd passed away, we got another cat gifted to us um, called, yeah, Patches, Petrina, and, um, and her daughter, Theo. Again, they cling to my mum, especially Theo, the daughter. My mum mm-hmm. will protect her, make sure she's always okay. She doesn't like going to bed unless she knows where she is. And I'm like, mum, what about us? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she... She has a very good connection with cats. Yeah, my uh, growing up, I, it was exactly the same. My mum would come back with shopping um, and I think, oh, yeah, what has she got from me from Tesco's or something? Uh, nothing. What she has is cat treats in that bag. OK, I got nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, my mum, I think that's why I was so kind of connected. I felt so at home at your house, Sarah, because I felt like there's uh-huh. it was so similar. It was so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> then the cats were priority. So, uh, yeah. 
So, yeah, and I think cats are such a good, you know, judge of character and person. Cats do not like to surround themselves by negativity or any negative energy. So I think they must have found that with with our mums as well, that they were good people, that they were caring. And also, I guess they knew they would be treated very well by them as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's not forget about the calculated nature of these little... Oh, little yeah. Lines. Oh, yeah. They're smart. They're very <laughs> <laughs> they're thinking yeah let me just rub against their legs a little bit show that love but i know i'm getting that nice whiskers treat at the end yeah we know your game <laughs> um so do you think you'll ever get your own cat one day so i would like to but my my partner he isn't a fan of any sort of pet really he finds animals too unpredictable and so he doesn't really want, want them for that reason. So I hope that we move somewhere big enough that he, him and the cat can live there. So oh, just... you can convert him 100%. <laughs> no, they all start off by saying that, you know, yeah. everyone's boyfriend. I hear the same thing. Oh, my boyfriend doesn't like cats, doesn't like <laughs> my pet. But then there's just this big turnaround. And then you see them like, they're so like, they become like gooey with the cat. Like the cat gets more attention than you in the end. And you're like, Oh really? Okay. So that's how it is. But um, yeah, trust me that will happen. Oh my God. I just remembered another story about Nike and how she was such a benefit to our lives. Mm. We, um, our neighbors at my mom's house, we are quite a loud family. So I think that caused a bit of friction with um, our neighbors and us, Mm -hmm. but then Nike, they loved Nike. She would go out to their house, be in their bedrooms. And if she didn't come home at night, we just know she'd next, she'd be next door. They'd let us know. And she kind of um, helped us to bond. It was a way of us to talk about um, then, I guess in turn, we were probably much quieter because we got to know them. And they would sometimes didn't actually mind if we were having an event going on in in the garden. They'd be like talking to us over the fence instead of um, complaining so yeah it kind of changes things cats can like build bridges that is just that's an amazing story and I'm glad that you you remembered to share it because it's so true oh my goodness and yeah look what Nike has done I mean um so lastly if our listeners want to find out more about you accounting jumbo cards businessofcolor.com where can they find you and your businesses online Oh, great question. So I'm mainly on Instagram at the moment. So you can follow me at jambo underscore cards. That's J-A-M-B-O underscore cards. Um, for emails, I'll be at Business of Colour. So that's info at businessofcolour.com. Strangely, I use the email address of one and I tend to use the Instagram of the other. It's just... <laughs> business of color is a bit more sophisticated i guess so i like to be on email whereas instagram is so picture focused so it's great for the cards and so yeah that's really where where you can find me perfect and i'll be sure to put those links um in the bio as well so that our listeners can find them but thank you so much for talking to us today sarah it was insightful funny and uplifting so thank you again for taking the time to to come and come on and speak to us today thank you so much michelle for having me i was such an honor to be on the show and i i, I love the niche that it's all about 
the cats. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Sarah. Bye.